Welcome to Reframe the Game. My name is Kent Games. I'm an athletic trainer, educator, and lover of breakthroughs. In this perspective shifting podcast, we bring you the mindset, the motivation, and the methods to help you develop as a conscious healthcare provider. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now let's dive in. We've partnered with OnlineTherapy.com, that's Online-Therapy.com, a complete counseling toolbox where you get the support and tools you need to be happier, and it's all based on cognitive behavioral therapy. Head over to Opportune.at slash Online Therapy, that's Opportune.at slash Online Therapy to get started for free and enjoy 20% off of your first month of therapy. Welcome back to Reframe the Game. In this episode, we are going to dive in head first to habits, routines, and rituals. And we're going to go into how athletic trainers can leverage habits, routines, and rituals to enhance our personal life as well as supercharge our professional life. Now, winning habits, routines, and rituals require us to edit our day, and it requires us to edit our day every day, and do that on a regular basis for an extended period of time. And in order to do that, we first have to believe that we can make a change. The foundation of winning habits, winning routines, and winning rituals is mindset. We must believe, and each of us as individuals must believe, like really believe that we can make a change in our life. And that change in our life adds value. It adds massive value to your life and creates positive forward motion on your journey. We can all edit our day and gain some control of the direction of our life, even though Athletic trainers have notoriously unpredictable schedules, and the life of an athletic trainer can be unpredictable. It changes minute to minute. But if we don't believe we have control, and we don't believe we can edit our life, and we don't believe we can edit portions of our day, then we never will. It's like Henry Ford said in his famous quote, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. So winning habits, routines, and rituals are the actions that we take on a daily and a weekly basis, which primes us for success. They're actions which set us up for success and create a sense of direction in our lives. And the direction is what grounds us amongst all of the chaos, which sometimes exists in our lives as humans and most definitely exists in our lives as athletic trainers. Habits, routines, and rituals also give us quick wins early in the day. And when we have quick wins, we can start to build momentum. And that momentum in our day can lead to streaks of success. And as Seth Godin says, long-range, massive success is nothing more than a series of successful streaks. That's what life is. That's what success is. Success isn't one thing. It's a series of small things, and those small things all start with momentum. And habits, routines, and rituals give us the opportunity to build momentum very early in our day so we can have a streak and start our streak right when we wake up in the morning. 
The other thing that I like about routines, rituals, and habits is that it gives us an opportunity to build credibility with ourselves, right? It allows us to make a commitment and then keep that commitment and follow through. Like we can make a commitment to ourselves that I'm going to do X, Y, and Z and then follow through. When we do that, it boosts our confidence and it builds credibility. And, and habits, routines, and rituals are relatively small things, but they have a compound effect and they can add massive value to all sorts of aspects of your life, not just your morning routine or your evening routine or areas of your life where you want to build a better habit. What it does is it gives you an opportunity every single day to build credibility with yourself, to give yourself something to be proud of. And I think that adds to the self-care component of habits, routines, and rituals about how they can be very influential in developing self-care strategies to help us develop our hardiness and to develop our resilience so we can do the difficult things that we do as athletic trainers. And we as athletic trainers have notoriously unpredictable schedules between practices getting moved around and patients changing appointments, we have very little time to prioritize ourselves throughout the day. We may have a lunch scheduled and then a patient comes in or we get a phone call from a physician or we get a phone call from a coach or we get a phone call from another stakeholder and we have to take care of those things throughout the day. And when that happens, it eats away at our day. And even when we build in time for ourselves during the day, you know, I don't know how it happens. It's like the universe knows when we're going to take time for ourselves, and then intervenes with a phone call or an inconvenient discussion that has to happen at this specific time. This lack of prioritization, it can create a sense of anxiety or a lack of control in our life, right? Especially in our professional life. And at least for me, that feeling of a lack of control or anxiety about not prioritizing myself, my professional life bleeds into our personal lives, right? And so now what we're doing is we're taking this sense of anxiety, this sense of lack of control, this sense of chaos home with us. I guess I should ask everyone, have you ever had a chaotic day at work and somehow that chaos seems to follow you home? I mean, it's happened for me where everything just doesn't go the way I envisioned it to go, and it follows me home. I think all of 2020 was like that, where, you know, after March 11th, pretty much chaos just dominated our life, and unpredictability dominated our lives, and it followed us home, and it was in every aspect of our life. And developing winning habits, routines, and rituals is really about setting up our day it's about setting up our week, our month, our year, and ultimately our life for success. It's about setting all of these things up for success. That's what, that's what habits, routines, and rituals are all about. It's about removing everything at the start of your day that doesn't serve you in some way. And then you replace that with actions that help you become your best self. It's all about being selfish in caring for yourself so that you can give more, so that you can do more, and so that you can be more throughout your day when the world demands more of you. That's what it's all about. And when we develop habits, routines, and rituals, it requires us to audit our time and genuinely ask ourselves, 
How is this thing serving me? So let's pause for just a second and let's audit our time. Let's audit our time, let's say in the first hour we wake up. So follow along if you'd like. You can do this in your head or if you have a sheet of paper, you can jot this down. So think about all of the things that you regularly do during the first hour of your day. Maybe it's checking social media, checking text message, checking to see if you missed any calls, but you probably didn't miss any calls because your phone was on in case someone called you in the middle of the night and they needed you. Maybe it's checking email. Maybe the first thing you do in the morning is turn on the TV. Maybe it's get a cup of coffee. Maybe you have children and you have to take care of children. Maybe you have pets and you got to go take care of them, whether that's walking them or, you know, feeding them, etc. Maybe you move in the morning. Maybe you get some morning movement for yourself. Maybe you take a shower or maybe you rush out the door, right? You, you, you rush out the door because you need to get somewhere. Whatever you wrote down that you typically do the first hour of the day, if you have those written down or you have them in your head, now I want you to ask yourself this question for each of those things. How are each of these things on the list serving you? I need you to be really selfish right here. Really selfish. How does it serve you solely? If the answer you come up with suggests that it's one, not serving you, or it's serving as something that numbs you or distracts you from your life, it's got to go. You got to get that out of the first hour of your day. Now, before all the parents who are listening right now say, I really would like to get rid of my children the first hour of the day if I could, I just can't cut out children from my life. If you have fur babies, if you have other responsibilities that involve other things that you cannot cut out of your life, you can cut out checking your text messages first thing in the morning pretty easily. You simply don't check text messages in the morning. But if one of the first things you do when you wake up in the morning is make sure your children are ready for school or they're taken care of or they need to eat or whatever it may be, then you have to love yourself enough or we have to love ourselves enough to wake up earlier than they wake up and before our responsibility as a parent or as a partner or as a pet owner or as an athletic trainer starts. We really have to have the discipline to love ourselves enough to sacrifice a little sleep and wake up before everyone else expects us to wake up so we can have that sacred time in the morning to be selfish and solely focused on ourselves. The rest of the world can have 23 and a half hours, but you get 30 minutes to yourself every day. And in that 30 minutes, you can invest in yourself and build that momentum and start to get those wins and start your winning streaks for the day. So the rest of the 23 and a half hours, you can give more of yourself to those who demand it. Even taking a shower on that list that I came up with really is for other people. Taking a shower for me, yes, I like to be clean. I don't know if I would consider myself unclean if I don't take a shower every day. There are certainly days I don't go into the office or I don't go into work. I don't take a shower. So when I did this activity with you all here, I was thinking, you know, maybe taking a shower is even for other people. It's so other people don't have to smell me, right? Or other people think I'm well-groomed or other people think that I look professional, you know, so it's really for them. It's not necessarily for me. 
sure, taking a shower and getting cleaned up have some positive effects for my confidence and my well-being. Absolutely. But in this activity, it wasn't a high enough priority to say that's what I'm going to do in the first hour of my day. There are other things that I could probably do for myself that are more focused on me that I could spend my time doing. Now, coffee on that list, on the other hand, coffee is definitely for me. I'm not getting coffee for anyone else. I am getting coffee for me. And so I probably would leave coffee on my list if I was doing this right now. And so when we develop these winning habits, routines, and rituals, it requires that we take a risk on ourselves and explore, using curiosity, new and different ways to start our day. But like everything else in life, there's a cost. The cost for building momentum and getting a quick win early in your day is an investment of 15 to 30 minutes of uninterrupted time to ourselves before we give our time to anything else, before we give it to our phone, before we give it to Facebook, before we give it to Instagram, before we give it to Susie who text messaged us last night, to Coach Jones who needed something, before we give it to anyone else, we have to have 15 to 30 minutes invested in ourselves. And when I think about this from the perspective of an athletic trainer, specifically, first of all, all athletic trainers are human. And I think every human wants to make a bigger impact or leave a better impression, a bigger impression in the world around them. And so getting a quick win, adding momentum to your day, starting a success streak early on in the day is pretty important to a human. Building credibility with yourself, right? Being credible to yourself and having self-confidence is so critically important just as a human, not to mention an athletic trainer. It's, It's certainly important as an athletic trainer as well. But I believe habits, routines, and rituals can anchor our professional lives and anchor our personal lives as well. The significance of this is habits, routines, and rituals are actions that we can take to protect ourselves from cynicism, from professional exhaustion, and from professional frustration. As an athletic trainer, life can be difficult. Moments can be difficult. And having some sort of anchor in our lives, like habits, routines, or rituals that we can fall back on in those difficult moments, they're important for us in protecting against indicators of professional burnout. It's important to us to be able to fall back on something that fills us up. So something that is selfish and something that's self-care focused. So when those difficult moments or when those difficult streaks in our professional career come, we can push back and allow the wave of feelings of, I don't want to be an athletic trainer anymore. I don't know if I can do this. We allow those waves to wash over us but we don't get swept away from those emotions. We don't get swept away from what it means to be an athletic trainer because we have these anchors in our lives that say, I invest in myself and I can handle difficult things. Life is hard and I do hard things. I do hard things in healthcare as an athletic trainer. I do hard things because I'm an athletic trainer. I do hard things because I'm a human and I can withstand 
I can be resilient. I can develop and grow through these challenges that we face in life. But I don't really know if we're having conversations like this across the profession. I've experienced pockets of conversation about habits, routines, and rituals. I think there's the fun conversation of rituals that are focused on like pregame superstitions and pregame rituals. Like you're going to have the tape direction the same way. You're going to, you know, listen to the certain music in the athletic training facility. And these things, they're fun to talk about, and they probably provide a boost, but they really don't have to do anything with dealing with adversity and dealing with the difficulty that it takes to be an athletic trainer sometimes. Conversely, athletic trainers engage in regular habit formation, which doesn't serve ourselves as an individual athletic trainer. It doesn't serve the patients that we work with, and it doesn't serve the profession of athletic training. Now, what I'm talking about here is something that this is my personal experience because I've experienced every single one of these things. So they may not apply to you, but my experience and my observation tells me that maybe at least one of these things are a habit or what I'll call a rut that we find ourselves in as athletic trainers. And they're, they're habits that we've developed and, or, you know, they're habits, but they're, they're negative habits which are possible, but they're not adding value to our life. They're keeping us stuck. And, you know, for me, these were things like not documenting, not setting time boundaries. So I had the habit of working long hours. I had the habit of working longer than I needed to. I had the habit of not taking breaks in the day because I believed if I left, someone would need me when I left and I would somehow be failing as an athletic trainer. Or I, wouldn't, I would somehow be not good enough as athletic trainer. Or having some resistance to incorporating new evidence into our practice because it alters our habit loop that we've already created when we were a young athletic trainer or when we were learning to be an athletic trainer from our preceptors who had really strong habit loops. And we adopted those things because we admire our preceptors. We admire our faculty members. We admire our mentors. And the strength of their habit loops help them throughout the day. And when we observe and then try to replicate for ourselves, we start to create those habits too. And those habits are particularly helpful early on in our career. But when it's time to integrate new information or new evidence into our practice, I believe that that probably creates some difficulty because we already have a habit loop and we don't understand and we haven't necessarily tried to integrate a new habit within our current habit loop and within our current practice. So when we think about habits we've created as professionals, we create habits. These habits sometimes are really positive, and sometimes they may not be serving ourselves, the patients, or the profession as well as they could be. And so learning how to create new habits and replace old habits, we're not going to get rid of our old habits, but it's very difficult to simply say, I'm going to quit doing this, or I'm going to start doing this. And it's way easier, way more effective. I shouldn't say it's easier. It's still difficult it's more effective to replace a negative habit with a more positive one. And you see this in the research, which is why when you look at habit formation, like smoking cessation programs, individuals who use 
some sort of transition device or transition um, mechanism are more successful at long-term success when we talk about quitting smoking. So individuals who quit cold turkey, you can certainly quit cold turkey and be successful. The evidence shows us that things like nicotine gum and transitioning from using tobacco products to nicotine gum do lead to long-term success because we're replacing the habit of using a tobacco product with the new habit of chewing gum. And then hopefully, over time, the habit of chewing nicotine gum gets replaced by something else that doesn't involve nicotine at all. That's just one example of how habits can have an influence on how we go about our daily lives. Like I said, in athletic training or in my personal practice, I have and I had these negative I would say not negative, but they're not habits that are serving me well, and they're not serving the patients I work with. And so working to develop habits, routines, and rituals, and that process provides a framework and a blueprint for us to do it in the future. Expanding our practice as professionals beyond the competencies and domains of the professional practice of AT is fundamental to the growth and sustainability of the profession. When we can discuss and we can examine and we can learn the frameworks for winning habits, winning routines, winning rituals, we can create new opportunities for professional satisfaction and integration of the demands of athletic training and kind of integrate the demands of athletic training with a strong investment in self-care because ultimately... Winning habits, routines, and rituals are a form of self-care which we all can engage in in a pretty simple and straightforward way. So let me spend some time talking about how we can integrate habits, routines, and rituals into our daily life. So to reiterate one of the points I made earlier, habits, routines, and rituals help us handle adversity, and they set the tone for our day. We have to audit our time, particularly how we spend the first part of our morning. And the reason I say how we spend the first part of our morning is realistically, that's when we have our time. During the day, for me, pretty much between the hours of 5.30 a.m. and when I go to bed, my time is taken up or is other people's time. I'm splitting time with other people during those hours of the day. And so the morning works better, for me at least, and, and you know the evidence suggests that morning routines are a little more successful than routines and rituals that we try to implement, especially when we're starting off in the middle of the day, because we tend to have that extra time in the morning, and the cost is sleep or rest. We have to ask ourselves, what's the first thing we're doing in the morning? For me, when I'm out of routine, I check my phone. That's what I do. My alarm is sometimes on my phone. Check my phone. I click the alarm, and the first thing I do is check to see what notifications I have. And of course, social media has sent me some sort of notification, and I go and look at it, and then I'm scrolling, and I'm learning about all the things that people have done, and now my day is not starting out how I wanted it to be. And the habit of waking up and checking our phone, just as one example, sets us up to be reactionary for the rest of our day. And it may even influence our mood. How many times have you 
or someone you cared about woke up and very shortly after waking up, they felt overwhelmed or you felt overwhelmed and anxious because of a text message you received overnight or some news that you found on social media or something that says we need to talk in your email, right? And it's too early in the morning to do anything about it. That reaction is a consequence of checking our phone first thing in the morning and being in an input stage first thing in the morning And because it's difficult to act first if the first thing we're doing is receiving information. And that's really what part of a morning routine is about. It's about taking action before we input information which we have to react to. MedBridge provides evidence-based courses, unlimited CEUs, a home exercise program featuring over 6,000 exercises, and much more. Use promo code THEADVANTAGE That is T-H-E-A-T-V-A-N-T-A-G-E to get an annual MedBridge subscription for as low as $200. Athletic trainers, what if you could be doing more for your career, for your patients, for yourself? The Indiana State Doctorate in Athletic Training Program can help you get there. You will learn the skills to practice at the top of your scope and show your value in healthcare. Interested? Go to www.indstate.edu forward slash DAT. That's I-N-D-S-T-A-T-E dot E-D-U forward slash D-A-T for more information or to apply today. Advantage is the premier provider of non-traditional work, advocacy, and resources while pushing the boundaries of athletic training. Follow them on social media at The Advantage and join their email list for an even deeper dive into all things non-traditional and access to even more boundary-pushing content. The next part of a morning routine specifically is we have to understand why we wake up and what time we wake up. Do we wake up at the same time every day? Or do you sleep in when we don't have to go to work or you don't have to take your kids to school or it's the weekend or it's Sunday, whatever that is. Do you wake up to go to work? Do you wake up to go to class? Do you wake up because we have parental responsibilities? Do you wake up because you have other life responsibilities? Many of us wake up in response to responsibility, not with a sense of purpose. And what I mean by that is we tend to wake up because we have a responsibility that we must fulfill. And then we work backwards from based on the requirements of that responsibility, and we work backwards, and then we set up a time to wake up. And that's all well and good. But if we're not careful, we start to wake up because of responsibility, not because of our purpose. And developing winning habits, routines, and rituals that helps us reconnect with our purpose and wake up not to get ready for the day, but to wake up to invest in our health, in our peace, and in our own personal growth, to invest in ourselves. At the core of developing winning habits, routines, and rituals is identifying three to five activities that you want to do every single day for the first 15 to 30 minutes of that day. It can be anything that adds value to you. 
It can be reading. It can be doing morning movement. It can be some sort of personal care. It can be drinking water. It can be meditation. It can be gratitude. It can be listening to music. It can be making your bed. If making your bed adds value to your day and you don't view that as a responsibility that you have to do. The key in selecting these things and executing these things is that you have to engage in all of these activities before you have an external stimulus that may derail you and move you away from your action. So what I mean is when we create morning routines and morning rituals and morning habits, we need to be able to execute these things before we check the phone, before we turn on the TV, before we check our email, before we let the outside world into our sacred space. We have to do the three to five things for ourselves. That really drives home the point that we need to take action first for ourselves before we react to any external stimulus. When you're developing habits, routines, and rituals for yourself, you want to start small. Winning habits don't have to take two hours. Just like any other activity, winning habits do take time, energy, discipline, and effort. But they don't have to take huge amounts of time and energy and discipline and effort. When you start small and you focus on consistency rather than intensity, habits are more likely to stick because you're developing the pattern as opposed to focusing on the product. You're not focusing on the outcome. You're switching gears and you're focusing on the process of developing a habit. Once the habit or the routine or the ritual has been formed and the process is in place, then you can focus on increasing your intensity. And the other part of developing winning habits, routines, and rituals is a commitment to yourself every single night before you go to bed. It's a commitment to wake up when you say you're going to wake up, and it's a commitment to engage in your habits without checking your phone or your email or turning on your TV or being bombarded by external stimuli. So it's a commitment and it's an intention and it's deliberate before you go to bed to do that. So for example, this is my morning routine. I have both a morning and an evening routine and it helps me be a better human every single day. And because I'm a better human, I'm a better athletic trainer. I've been doing my morning routine in some form or another for about four years now. So my intensity and the volume is larger by my choice, not because I needed it to feel better about myself or I needed to feel like I was enough of a human, but by my choice, because the choice I made and what I saw after starting small, you know, 15 minutes a day was that the more time, energy, and effort I invest in myself, the more I have to give in my professional life and in my personal life. It was almost like I saw an exponential return on investment. It wasn't like I invested 15 minutes and then for 15 minutes I was a good human <laughs> during my professional life. It was I invested 15 minutes. The first half of my day, I crushed it. Nothing could stop me. Nothing could slow me down. As I developed and I anchored the, the habits, the morning routines, 
I started to play around and approach it with a sense of wonder and curiosity and say, well, what happens if I add, you know, 15 more minutes? What Does that have any effect? How about 30 minutes? What about an hour? You know, I, I don't have anything going on. So, you know, nothing happens earlier in the day. So I just started waking up earlier and earlier uh, in order to see what sorts of things, what type of activities really fueled me for the rest of the day and allowed me to do more, give more of my time, serve more people, and really move forward my purpose in a larger way. So what my morning routine is right now, and it's changed over the past four years, but right now my morning routine is to wake up, to drink a cup of coffee, to meditate for 10 minutes, and then to journal and vision for the day by connecting with my purpose. And my purpose is to develop humans by challenging the status quo and to inspire others to act on their dreams and aspirations. So I connect with that every single day. Also, I show my gratitude in a journal every single day by engaging in a gratitude activity. And then I listen to an audiobook for usually about 30 minutes. The commitment I've made to myself is 30 minutes every day. I do listen to more than 30 minutes depending on what my responsibilities are, but my commitment to myself is 30 minutes as part of my morning routine. And in order to do all of that for me, my day starts at 4.30 a.m. Why? Because that's enough time for me to engage in my habits, routines, and rituals before my responsibilities start and before my responsibility to others start. As I mentioned, my responsibility to others start about 5.30 in the morning. So through four years of practice, you know, where it's at right now is this morning routine takes about an hour to do. So I had to work backwards from when my responsibilities to other people started and add an hour. So that means I wake up at 4.30 in the morning. That's what it is. That's the commitment I make to myself. That's the commitment I make to myself because that's when I'm going to be selfish to myself and no one will interrupt me. That is my time. And that is the one time in the 24 hours in a day that I can be selfish. And I don't have to worry about an unexpected interruption, at least a regular one, sure. Sometimes there are interruptions that happen between 4.30 and 5.30 in the morning, but that's not a regular occurrence. And we can adapt and overcome and handle the adversity and move forward. Now, I've also developed an evening routine, and my evening routine is much more straightforward. Pretty much every night before I go to bed, I spend two minutes checking in on myself on how my day went. So essentially, I have a scale one to 10 where one was just a really lousy day. And 10 is, man, it was a kick-ass day. I was firing all cylinders in my entire life, not just my professional life, but in my personal life. In all aspects of my life, I'm firing a 10 out of 10. Then what I do is I look at my alarm clock and I recommit to waking up at 4.30 a.m., I set my intention to wake up at 4.30 a.m. And I don't really have a goal for where I want to be on the 1 to 10 scale when, I'm, when I reflect. It's really to reflect, but from a larger life perspective, I kind of look at it from like almost like a grades perspective. Like 
I don't want to show up at a 7 out of 10 consistently. If I'm showing up at a 7 out of 10, and then I do that for a year or two years or three years or a decade, I just spent a decade at 70% of having a great life. And I don't know about you, but 70% of firing on all cylinders isn't the life that I want. It may be fine for other people, and it may be fine for a certain part of my life, but if, if I extend that by a decade, two decades, five decades, I don't want to come to the end of my life and say the entirety of my life was a seven out of 10. Because, you know, in life, your days make your weeks, and your weeks make your months, and your months make your years, and your years make your decades, and your decades make your life. And we can't forget that. We can't be like, well, tomorrow I'm going to have a great day. We certainly can have that vision and that hope for tomorrow, but we have to make today a great day. That is the building block for our time. Obviously, we can we can break it down into our days are broken into hours and our hours are broken into minutes and our minutes are broken into seconds. So it, life is really a second-to-second -second decision, and I absolutely agree with that. And it's a decision to wake up at 4.30 a.m. when my alarm goes off. I have one second to decide. Am I going to sit up or am I going to press dismiss? And if I press dismiss, I only get one shot because I don't have backup alarms because I set the intention and I raise the stakes for myself. I raise the stakes to wake up at 4.30 a.m. because I don't give myself a backup plan. I don't have a plan B. When you don't have a plan B and you've set the intention, failure isn't an option and you don't negotiate on your goals. Now, we've gotten a little sidetrack, or this was just a little aside, but I do think that this ties in nicely to one of the purposes of habits, routines, and rituals, and that is to set your day up for wins, to build momentum. I cannot have a 10 out of 10 day if I don't start my day with a win. If you start your day with a loss or you start your day feeling anxious, feeling overwhelmed, then how are you going to have a 10 out of 10 day? It just doesn't work. You can end on a win, but if you take the day as a whole and you're like, well, my morning was really lousy and my afternoon was pretty good, so I'm probably about an eight. I'm glad I was able to recover and move forward. And that's okay. We're going to have five out of 10 days. We're going to have one out of 10 days. But I want my pattern to be up on the upper end of that one out of 10 scale. And these rituals and routines that I do prepare me for my day. And like I said, it starts my day with a win. It helps me meet the demands of the students that I teach, and it gives me the confidence to make more winning days and make most of my days winning days, meaning that even if things don't go as planned, I can always count on one win a day, and that one win is waking up at 4.30 and doing my morning routine. For all of us as athletic trainers, Habits, routines, and rituals are a form of self-regulation, and they can be a form of self-care, which can help ensure our sustainability in the profession. It at least can be a tool to help improve our vitality as a professional. It can help us, again, build that credibility with ourselves, be able to set stronger boundaries, have the confidence to know and to believe that we are the professional we Every single one of us know we are when we face a tough situation, whether it with a patient or a physician or a coach or an administrator, that we're able to step up and meet those demands. 
So when we look at habits, routines, and rituals, it's not a new concept, right? They've been written extensively about by scholars, by popular authors. You know, I mentioned Seth Godin, uh, by influencers, by business people. If you Google search habits, routines, and rituals, or morning routines, or evening rituals, you'll find millions of results. It's not something that's unique. It's just something that we haven't explicitly turned our sights to collectively in athletic training. I think if we look at habit formation and and habits in healthcare, we can look at some of the scholarly work that's developed on habits from a healthcare perspective. And then this is in the context of hand washing formation, like how we hand wash. Like there's pretty extensive literature that said like how we can develop cues to remind ourselves to wash our hands in the facility, et cetera, et cetera. I think with, with COVID, it's become more emphasized about we really need to heighten our awareness and we need to have more safeguards to ensure that we're washing our hands every patient, every time, and after every patient as well. But the difference with the scholarly work of hand washing, for say, and the work of developing winning habits, routines, and rituals is that winning habits, routines, and rituals have that additional purpose of being a form of self-care. Both the technical habit formation of hand washing per se, or of regularly documenting in a systematic way, or of implementing patient reported outcomes, or of patient interactions, like having a flow for your evaluations and rehabilitations. Both of these forms have a loop, and the loop consists of a contextual cue followed by an action. So the contextual cue in a morning routine is an alarm. You wake up, then you do the action, and the reward is setting up a winning day. For something like hand washing, the contextual clue may be a patient walking into the facility. It may be a sign that says all employees must wash your hands. And then you perform the action, and the reward, hopefully, is infection reduction, right? The the decrease in the spread of, of infection. By developing the skill of executing habits, routines, and rituals using the context and the contextual clue followed by the action, followed by the reward, if you will, we can also learn the blueprint for developing habits for our patient care and safety. So by mastering ourselves first, we can create the framework and the blueprint to move forward and translate that into our patient care and safety practices every single day. You know, as I mentioned earlier, habits, routines, and rituals are not something that's new or they're not something that is a secret, right? There are people who have written books exclusively on habits, routines, and rituals. There are people who have written books on, you know, different types of people. You know, the millionaire morning, what millionaires do in the morning. But if you look at different people across industries, they've written about it themselves, the power of of rituals, the power of habits, the power of routine. You can search Mark Cuban's morning routine. You You can search maybe Jack Dorsey or Oprah or Tim Ferriss. All of these individuals have been extremely successful, right? And if you look at 
the the practices of successful people, however you want to define success, whether you just define that as monetary wealth, you define that as integration of their work, you define that as excellent self-care. If you look at their stories, the individuals who are quote unquote successful regularly have routines and cite the cultivation of a strong mental state for the reason that they continue these routines. Like they've seen results from routines. And again, the evidence suggests that when we create habits, routines, and rituals, it can lead to downstream successes. And we have the anecdotal evidence as well from people who are successful and however we want to define it. Across industries, across different sectors, and you listen to their stories, and they're going back to the fact that they continue with routine and routines help them make the most out of their day so they can contribute in a larger way. Now it's time to take action. So the activity I have for you today is called Be Selfish for Seven Days. And in this activity, I want you to challenge yourself to prioritize yourself for seven days. In this challenge, you are going to have to love yourself enough to have the discipline to develop a plan and then execute that plan for seven consecutive days. So not only is this a habit formation activity, this is a self-love and self-discipline activity so you can build credibility with yourself and build confidence with yourself so you know you can do hard things. So the day before you start the challenge, you can start it whenever. Let's start it tomorrow. Really put yourself up on a challenge and start it tomorrow. So the day before you start the challenge, create a list of two to three activities that you want to do for yourself to create a winning morning routine. And this can be anything that serves you. Maybe it's having a glass of water, maybe it's morning movement, maybe it's reading, maybe it's journaling, maybe it's meditating, gratitude, setting your intentions for the day, morning prayer, making your bed. It can be anything as long as it serves you and it's not for someone else and it doesn't feel like a responsibility. It's something that adds value to your life. When you figure out what these activities are, I want you to calculate approximately how long those activities will take. So two or three things and they're, you know, it's drinking a glass of water, it's doing two push-ups, and it's doing your morning gratitude. So that's going to take me 10 minutes. I want you to calculate how long that time will take you, work backwards from when you normally wake up, and then add five minutes. So in this example, I said that those three things would take about 10 minutes to do, and so I add five minutes. So I'm setting my alarm for 15 minutes earlier than I normally would wake up on, let's say, a Monday. And that extra five minutes is transition time, so if you're not going to do your morning routines from bed, you may need some time to change your clothes, you may need some time to move from one part of your house to another part of your house. All that together will help you know how much time you need to do your morning routine without being disrupted in a typical morning. So after you've written those things down, 
on the day before the challenge starts and before you go to bed, set your alarm and preferably on an actual alarm clock so you're not tempted to check your phone, but not everyone has a a physical alarm clock. Most people, their alarm clock is tied to their phone and you can use your phone, but you have to commit to yourself that you will not get sucked in to the notifications that you see on your phone. You have to commit yourself to that and set your intention to get up on your first alarm and remove the other alarms. Just have one alarm. Only set one alarm. Commit to yourself to wake up at the alarm you set because that's what time you said you wanted to get up. It's simply a matter of saying this matters to me. You can tell yourself either internal self-talk or you can say it out loud that this is worth it, that you are worth it. And I know some of you may be listening right now and saying, I don't know if I can do that. Like that seems difficult. What if you had to wake up to go on a vacation to your dream destination, but the plane left at two o'clock in the morning, then that means you had to wake up at midnight. Would you wake up at midnight? If, if that meant at 2 a.m. you could go to your dream, your dream destination, but you had to get a 2 a.m. flight. Most people would say Absolutely. And the reason they say absolutely is because they've determined that's worth it. They've determined that that sacrifice is worth it. And so what I'm asking you to do is to tell yourself that you are worth it. You are worth waking up 15 minutes earlier than you did the day before. And you are worth investing 15 minutes of selfishness for yourself that you're worth it. So then the challenge starts. Days one through seven, your task is to execute. You've developed your plan, and now you need to execute your plan. I heard a great quote from a former Navy SEAL and a current ultramarathoner and entrepreneur. His name's Chad Wright. He he said one time, you know, plan your dive and then dive your plan. Essentially, plan what your morning routine is going to be and then execute that plan no matter what. Even if you're feeling great, dive the dive that you planned. So if you're feeling great day one, do the morning routine that you develop. Don't go adding 10 or 15 minutes because you feel great. Do what you did. Do what you planned and execute that. And remember to execute your plan every day before you check your phone, before you check your computer, before you turn on the TV. This is all about taking action before engaging in any sort of reaction. And then every night during the challenge, repeat your intention and your commitment to yourself. Repeat the intention and commitment to yourself. Tell yourself that you are worth it, that this is when I'm going to wake up and I'm not going to have a plan B because I don't negotiate my goals and I am worth it. I will wake up when I said I will wake up And then you go to bed and you do it. You simply execute. At the end of the seven days, what I'd like you to do is reflect on how it went. And after those seven days, reflect. Do I want to continue this past seven days? Like, is this something that I can do sustainably? Is 15 minutes something that I can do sustainably? Or maybe you get to the 10 days and you're like, I don't see any change in my life. I don't see any change in the way I feel. In fact, my life is worse since I started this seven-day challenge. Then decide to drop it. But I would encourage you to approach that with curiosity and say, I wonder why my days were worse. 
Was it worse because of the routine? Was it worse because of the activities that I chose to do in my routine? Was it worse because it was just a really bad week and life was really difficult? As you reflect on that, then you can decide what you should do next. Again, this is about building credibility with yourself. It's about getting an early win. It's about building momentum. It's so we can have streaks of success. And then those streaks of success, we can have a series of those. And then we can have a winning day and a winning week and a winning year and a winning decade. We can use that energy that we've been developing right when we wake up and use that to drive us through the rest of the day. As you do this activity, if you want some support and you want someone to celebrate you, please make sure you share your journey on social media and make sure you tag me in the post. I would love to celebrate you. I would love to walk along the journey with you. I would love to serve as an accountability partner with you if that's what you need, especially in days four, five, and six when it gets really hard. I want to help you in your journey. I want to inspire you to take action on your journey and help you develop credibility with yourself because you are worth it. And this is something that you've decided is important to you. So I want to be there to support you. So please make sure that if you're comfortable, share your story and share your journey on social media and make sure you tag me. I'd love to celebrate with you uh, on the seven day challenge. So to wrap things up, we talked a lot today. We talked a lot about developing routines, rituals, and habits for success, specifically in our personal lives. I fundamentally believe that we must start in our personal lives where the stakes are so much higher before we can move on to our professional lives. We only get one life, so the stakes in our personal life are exponentially greater than they are in our professional lives. And if we can master our personal habits, routines, and rituals, we can apply those lessons we learned into things like documentation, using patient reported outcomes, boundary setting in terms of time, and any number of skills related to patient care and safety. Maybe we can do an episode on translating personal habits, routines, and rituals to professional routines in the future. But first, we must take care of ourselves. And it begins with starting our day with winning habits, routines, and rituals. We are worth it, and you are worth it. CBD has become increasingly popular for the treatment of pain, anxiety, focus, sleep, and more. We've partnered with Sweat CBD, who delivers 100% natural, full-spectrum CBD oil, gummies, and lotions. Head to sweatcbd.com and use code ADVANTAGE, A-T-V-A-N-T-A-G-E, for 10% off at checkout. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Reframe the Game. If you found value or were inspired by this episode, please share it with a colleague or a friend so we can collectively have conversations in order to grow and develop both as humans and professionals. 